This episode is sponsored by our friends with the Sharp Mortgage Team. You know the weather is getting warmer, but the triad real estate market is hot. If you've been waiting for more homes to hit the market and better rates, now is the time to reach out to the Sharp Mortgage Team with Highlands Mortgage. It's important to have a conversation with mortgage pros before you shop for a home so that when you find the house you love, you'll be ready to make an offer. Call them today, 336-575-9448, or you can visit their website at sharpmortgageteam.com to talk to a member of their team. Don't wait. The summer home buying season is already underway. So again, 336-575-9448 or sharpmortgageteam.com. That's sharp with an E at the end, sharpmortgageteam.com. This is the Triad Podcast Network. All right, summer is here. We are past Memorial Day. We are into some Triad Real Estate conversation in June with Blake Ginther from the Ginther Group. Blake, how are you, my friend? I'm great. Adam, how you doing? I'm good. I'm good. We are exceptional planners. Uh, we've been talking about this for three months now in every episode because you and I enter into a part of the conversation where we are are not experts. You're an expert in real estate, but when it comes to lending, which is a big part of the real estate transaction process, obviously, we always say, you know what? We want to talk more about this and we've got to get our friend Ashton McKenzie Sharp on, on the show. And we've been saying this for three months and we finally did that because she was nice enough to bear with us on our last second scheduling because we didn't tell her about this until this morning. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but hey, we got it. She's with us. Uh, Blake, how about how about a nice intro for for our friend Ashley as we get into some some uh, more expertise on this particular area of real estate? Well, I mean, honestly, I think the simplest way to put it is when I have a question about anything lending, who do I text? Right? Who do I go to? And um, and she's most of you won't be able to see uh, her uh, all natural blonde hair uh, on this Zoom, but um, but she's we can and uh, it, it's Ashley McKenzie Sharp. So I mean I think that's the simplest way. She knows her stuff and she's very responsive um, and she's very straight shooting. Ashley and I got into business a long time ago and and how she handled like a little gaffe that I'm not even sure was her fault way back then, but how she owned it was, and I was like, I want to be in business with this person. So uh, beyond just knowledge, how, how she approaches the business, I love. So how's that introduction, Ashley? I love it. Thank you. <laughs> and I love working with you too. You know, you're the best. Best we, in the triad. That's, hey, this is this is a triumvirate of the best in the triad. How about that? There we go. That work? Yeah. Can we go with yeah. that? Can we go with That's that? Great. Blake, let, let me let me start here and then uh, we can jump right into to Ashley's thoughts on on this. What is the the number one thing that you're talking to in terms of people that are having challenges in this particular market? Everything that's happening from from our local market to the economy to our local economy, as it relates to stuff where Ashley really tends to 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 uh, bring some value and impact in these situations. What are the things that you hear about as an agent? You work with as an agent um, that really require this this level of expertise. Well, I think it's it's um, folks 
folks either don't care about rates because it doesn't impact them as much uh, or they care a lot. And they're like, I guess I just have to put myself on the sidelines. And I think the challenge that and what we want to spend a couple minutes talking about today is, you know, if that's if the latter is you. Right. And a lot of our consumers candidly just don't because they've done this before and they're like, I'm going to refi um, or I'll put it, I'll put more down to help me with my initial payments. Right. And, and if you have all those, if you're that flexible financially, then honestly, rates probably don't. Uh, and frankly, a lot of them are of, of an age that that these rates might have been exactly where they were or even lower than when their first purchase was. Right. So there's there's a lot of perspective on rates. Now, if this if this is people entering the market for the first time and they tried to but couldn't quite get in early enough when the rates were literally a third of what they are today, then it's different. And I think Ashley, the conversation, their buying power, both from a real estate perspective, as market as prices have gone up and frankly continue to less rapidly, but they are still going up combined with their buying power with interest rates. It's a challenge. But but what I think Ashley is good about discussing is there are other avenues than just a 30 year uh, fix that they might want to consider. Yeah, I mean, definitely. I think that there's, you know, you've got buy down options. Um, I know that we have a lot of clients where they can actually afford the payment. So they qualify with the higher payment, but they they want to budget a little bit lower the, for the first couple of years. So we have a buy down option where you can buy down the interest rate for one year or you can buy down the rate for two years or three years. And the cool thing about that product is the funds actually go into an escrow account. And so if you decide in the next 12 months that you want to refinance your mortgage and all of a sudden the rates do come down, all the money that you put in there that you haven't used for that buy down actually comes back to you as a principal reduction um, at closing. So it could essentially pay for a lower payment now and your refinance later. So it's a good it's a good option. That option works really well for people who are super budget focused. Right. I mean, because ultimately that what they're doing is they're they're self-selecting preemptively to budget for a year a certain number and and we were talking before we hit record you know everybody loves to talk about when rates are going to come down and you know i not none of us think the rates are going to come down to anywhere near where they were but just down from the sevens to back into the probably what fives probably i think maybe fives later this year and then next year election year who knows we could see fours again but again we could see sixes, but yeah, it's a toss up. And I, you, you, mortgage lenders are the only ones I hear saying this year. I think most of us are giving up on this year and thinking yeah, it'll probably. We are not. Be. Yeah, I know. I know. Every lender I know is like, no, it'll be in the fall. At first, they were saying because Habib is like amazing. Everybody, Barry Habib is. Yeah. A lot of people watch that dude and respect <laughs> the crap out of him. And I am a fan. Yes, I, I love everything he says because he says it with such conviction. Now he has been really wrong consistently for the last year, and um, and and yet he's wrong so uh, convicted and and sounds so smart. And and I say this like. He knows more than most, and he's been wrong. So that's where I'm like, you know, well, it's going to come down. But even if it's not this fall, even if it's next winter, right, or or early spring, I think all of us think it will come down, whether it's low sixes, high fives, mid fives, maybe low 
fives, but probably not, right? It will come down to the point of this one year buy down refi, right? Right. I think that's just a good deal. Just something that you can afford the payment for now, get yourself into the new house, get yourself on that budget where you're actively making that mortgage payment and actually taking care of a house, right? Like, what does that look like? Some people don't know what that feels like. So you get in there, you get comfortable with that, and then you refinance and do a lower payment, or you can afford the higher payment the next year. Um, You know, one way or another, you're going to have to qualify at that higher payment in order for us to do the mortgage. Um, It's just buying down your payment for you temporarily. It's literally just a couple, like a couple thousand dollars at at closing, right? A couple thousand dollars additional closing costs at closing. Well, it depends. If you're doing a one-year buy-down, then it's usually about a half to 0.6% of your loan amount. If you're doing a two or a three-year buy-down, that's when you're really going to have to get in there and start negotiating with the seller because those can get a little more costly. Yeah. Hmm. So do you feel like, Blake, you said at the beginning that there, there's, there's people are on one or one of two sides of this fence. They either don't care about interest rates or they care a lot about interest rates. Do the two of you feel as though we're in a point now where people are maybe caring a little too much about interest rates? Because Blake, your line is always, you know, date the rate, marry the home, mm-hmm. right? So are, are people a little, are potential buyers maybe a little too spooked by interest rates being a lot higher than where they were two years ago? What do you guys think? I personally don't. Um, I personally feel like lenders and 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 real estate agents are obsessed with them. <laughs> I don't feel like are. consumers yeah. are. I think the consumers are less in shock now because they. it's been several months now where we've been saying we're in the sixes, we're in the sixes. So I hear less you know, fighting back with, oh gosh, the sixes. I can't believe that. People are starting to budget for the sixes. When they run their mortgage payments, they're running them in the sixes. So they know that's where it's going to be. Um, but affordability is still a factor, right? Because we know that the, the home values are going up, the purchase prices are going up. And so we've still got to factor that in. And that's, to me, that's the biggest issue in this market is trying to get people into homes um, and letting them you know, actually be affordable, the payments, et cetera, purchase price. I think another, we have an inventory. Yeah. So another another question I had, and Ashley, you and I are going to have a conversation at some point this week about this very topic. But um, for, for a while now, Blake and I have been discussing that because home home prices, you know, we, we always try to make sure that, that we're addressing the right narrative that even though home sales are down, it doesn't mean home prices are going down. They are consistently going up. People are getting more and more equity in their homes. Um, there, there's a lot of people that if if they've owned a home for five years or more, they've probably seen their equity take a, a, a pretty good jump, right? So Ashley, what, what, what do you think people should be thinking about if all of a sudden, you know, maybe they're not in a position to sell because of that increased equity, but they have a a considerable amount of equity in their home right now, what should they be thinking about that particular situation if they do, if they are in that basket? Yeah. I mean, I think that a lot of people have a ton of equity sitting in their house and they're just letting it sit there. They're doing nothing with it. Um, and I think that there's a lot of options. I mean, you could take out an equity line and actually go out and pay cash for an investment property um, or at least use that money for a down payment on another property. Um, if you really want to look into real estate, uh, I know a lot of people are getting into a situation with debt right now. Consumer debt is at an all-time high. 
Mm-hmm. So a lot of people have all of this equity sitting there in their house and they're sitting at an interest rate that's two or three percent. And they're like, you know, what do I do? I've got all this debt that's starting to stack up. If we do the math and we have a calculator in a way that we can actually average out what's your interest rate on each credit card and your auto loans and all of your unsecured debt, sometimes it makes sense to let go of the two or three percent rate on your mortgage, do a cash out refinance, consolidate all of your debt into that home mortgage have Mm. one fixed payment, it will save you on average in the long run. Because these Mm. credit cards now, they're like 20 plus percent. The rates, they've gone up. Yes. They've always been high, right? They've always been high, but I think people just kind of ignored them, but they're they're higher than they were before. So if you can lock in in the sixes on a cash out refinance, that could still be a win. Yeah, no doubt. I hadn't even considered that as a as a debt consolidation option. Um, yeah, Blake, what's what's your take on this in terms of people that are sitting on a lot of this home equity? Um, because look, I mean, you you've gotten involved in the investment property market. You know, you probably helped to to do transactions for investment properties. Um, you know, what about this as an option for people to to find a way to find that that down payment or or something that's affordable as an investment property by using their existing equity? Yeah, I, I think there's a lot of things that people can do with the equity. Um, you know, whether it's debt consolidation, whether it's um, you know equity line to to again, you're um, this is a recorded uh, line, so you're not supposed to use an equity line <clears throat> to purchase real estate. Um, not that anybody has ever done that, I, you know. But <clears throat> if if you know that that's you know that's a thing, uh, and uh, you're there's other ways, or just frankly. I think that some folks are going to be less likely in the current rate situation to cash out refi because they don't want to go from a two whatever to a seven. And and I don't blame them. So equity lines, um, home equity loans, where if they wanted to amortize that amount, right, if they got $100,000 of equity, uh, that's still you know, puts them between the 80% mark. Like, let's just say they bought a house for $200,000 in 2015. Let's use a real life example. That house in 2015, pre-COVID, it was probably, it probably had gone up to like 250 to 260 to 270. Since COVID, it's probably gone up 50%, right? So it's probably gone from a 275 house to a $400,000 house. I mean, honestly. So- they and they they bought that house for 250. Let's assume they put down 20%, although most people frankly haven't for the last while. In 2015, they might have. They might have. They probably didn't. Let's say, you know what? Let's say they put 10% down. So now they have 220. Their loan was at 225. They haven't done anything. They have not cashed out refined. They've they've stayed at their um that they're probably realistically three and a half, four percent rate in 2015. Um, and they are uh, they've paid it down. From 225 down to like what 190. Their home is now worth 400. They can get they can they can get a home equity line or a home equity loan of credit uh for eight up to 80% of, a, of appraisal value, which will be in the let's just conservatively say it's we'll just say easy math, it's 400. So three was that three 320. So they got 190 to 320 to play with. They have hundred and thirty thousand dollars of equity to play with. Hmm. Did, I, did I do that math okay? And, yeah, you did. And they also some of some lenders do allow you to go to 90 and 100 percent on the equity lines, too. So it's not always capped at 80 percent. That's true. That's true. And if they do, everybody should know that, like, if they say 100 it's going to be conservative. 
for four hundred thousand dollars value evaluation of a, of an eighty percent will not be four hundred at a hundred. It will be conservative. It will be three fifty. So you know, it's never quite a hundred. But you're right. Ninety is becoming a normal thing too. So they can get a home equity loan where it's uh, amortized and they can pay it off like a regular loan, and they keep their lower rate for their primary. And that hundred and thirty can be on an amortized schedule on a 7% interest rate um, or they can get a home equity, you know, line and they, and it, and it's interest only until they pay all the principal back. And if they're going to do short term, they should look at a line, right? If they're going to do yeah. long term, like if they're like my, my folks got a home equity loan, which by the way, you can use towards real estate and they bought my sister a house uh, with that home equity uh, loan and then paid it out. Pay it back. It's smart. Quick break from the show to get serious for a moment. In my serious voice. For real, though, it's time to get serious about your financial future. It's never too early, but it could be too late to get started. And that's oftentimes the hardest part, getting started. How much do I save? Where do I invest? Do I save for college or retirement? How much for each? And who do I talk to about it all? Okay, we'll keep things simple for now and help you answer the last one. We recommend you begin with a local financial advisor, and that's Jennifer Johnson of Three Magnolias Financial Advisors. She'll sit down with you for a complimentary introductory consultation and go over all of your questions. Get started on the path to achieving your financial goals. Visit 3magnoliasfinancialadvisors.com or call 336-701-1600. Get comfortable with your financial future. Three Magnolias Financial Advisors. Retirement, financial planning, and investments. Securities offered through Satara Advisor Networks, LLC, member FINRA SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through Three Magnolias Financial Advisors. Three Magnolias Financial Advisors and Satara Advisor Networks are not affiliated. Satara is under separate ownership from any other named entity. To go back to the beginning, Ashley, you said um, everyone, if they have equity in their home, there's... No, you don't. You're not hurting anything by just at least taking out that that line, right? No, I mean typically these banks do a, an equity line for a nominal fee, right? Mm-hmm. And so you have this line of credit out there. At least it's there. You don't make any payments on it unless you put a balance on it. And typically the payment is tied to the outstanding balance. So you know, I mean, it, it doesn't hurt just to have one, just in case that piece of real estate pops up or that vehicle breaks down or you just, you know, you have hospital bills, there's always something. So I keep one open just for emergencies. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you, it, we know it takes a little while for everything, for those loans to, to actually go through the process of doing all of that. Um, and, uh, so yeah, uh, you don't want to have to start doing that when something pops up because, you know, a, a day, a week, <laughs> three weeks, a month, um, that, that all that time matters in the amount that it takes to secure the, the financing that you need for whatever it is you're trying to do. Yeah, it's always easier to qualify when you don't need it. If, when you mm-hmm. do need it, that's when something something has gone awry. Yeah. Job loss, you never know. And I think, yeah. our, you know, not to go all Dave Ramsey on us, but open lines of credit um, uh, are, isn't a bad thing. Now, obviously, to an extent. And I mean, I have four open lines that, I've, I, that, are, that are untapped right now. And people might go like, why? Well, why not? Uh, it would be my response. And, you know, <laughs> and, 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 you know, you never know. 
you never know. And and people go, well, isn't that how you can get yourself in in trouble? I mean, I guess it depends on uh, on your financial habits, uh, candidly. So maybe people who have spending challenges, maybe they shouldn't go get a bunch of credit cards, right? When the same thing, if you if you if you fall in that bucket. Maybe don't get a home equity line of credit, maybe, you know, but but most people who own homes, frankly, don't uh, don't have that challenge um, or aren't going to go use a home equity line of credit to go buy a bunch of silly stuff. Um, right. And that's not the intent. Yeah. Actually, the thing that I know that um, you're big on is is the whole pre-approval process. Not we're, we're getting away from now the home equity to just trying to secure a mortgage. To, to purchase a home um in, in a it's not quite as crazy as it was two years ago but it's still very competitive in our market and and buyers sometimes need to move quickly can, can you explain the the value the importance of having that that loan approval already in place when you're going to try to find whatever your next purchase is going to be in real estate yeah, i think it's twofold i think one it's really um it's really essential to have a local lender. I think that a lot of people go to these online lenders and they get a pre-approval and they think that's great. Well, then Blake can speak to this, but I mean, I think that a lot of a lot of agents, when they're actually reviewing a lot of offers with these pre-approval letters from Rocket or whoever, they, they don't necessarily say, let's go with that person, right? Because they don't feel as confident about the communication and, and how that's going to go. Um, so I think... You know, selecting someone local who really knows the market is key. And then I think, you know, having that full pre-approval. When when I send a pre-approval letter, that means it's been all the way through underwriting. We've looked at income. We've looked at credit. We've evaluated everything. We've run it through. We've had all the conversations that we need to have. We've verified all the assets. And that is when I issue an, a letter. And so I, I think that, you know, viewing a rocket or whoever, pre-approval versus someone local, it's really going to give you that leg up um, when you're, when they're, you're looking at 40 different offers and 40 different pre-approvals. I think that that, that letter means a whole lot. And I think you should do it right up front. I don't care if you're not going to buy for three or four months, whatever that is, start now mm-hmm. because sometimes there's little obstacles. Sometimes there's things on your credit. Sometimes there's things that, you know, that you need to, to work on as far as savings. Go on and work on all of those things now. Get that out. Get that out of the way so that when the house does come and when you are ready, you know, everything's in place. I'm gonna throw move. I'm gonna throw one extra thing in here. One thousand percent from a realtor's perspective, local lenders matter. Hundred like one thousand percent. Other thing I'm gonna say, Adam, is somebody's listening to this and um and they're probably going through a separation or a divorce. Because um, it is uh, seemingly higher than I can ever remember. <laughs> I know it's always been around fifty percent. Feels higher than that these days, uh, and and I think it's because you know COVID combined with what feels like an economic perhaps just slight slide slight dip uh, maybe is is putting a little extra pressures on marriages. And where I'm going to go with this is that's the number one thing I see. Uh, they should talk to Ashley sooner because. They in a divorce situation, uh, spouses have an incredible way of ruining each other's credit, um, and and without un, totally unbeknownst to them, uh, this happens all. Like I will tell you, several times a year, we have a, a situation where through the divorce, she didn't realize, uh, or he didn't realize, and he now like purchasing is not an option for a little bit. 
So, um, you know, if you fall, if you're listening to this and you're going through a uh, separation and or diver- divorce, get with Ashley and then make uh, adjustments fin- to your finances to make sure that you're going to be able to purchase. Those are the exactly. number one people who are buying and selling right now, by the way. If you ask me who are my, who's, who are the people I'm meeting with the most today? It's relocations and divorces. Wow. Wow. Yeah, definitely if they reach out. We can help we can help them just by reviewing credit. Sometimes you don't even realize when you have intermingled credit cards. I have so many clients that I look at their credit and I'm like, do you have this, 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 and that? And they're like, no, I'm not on those credit cards. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. So before you just stop making payments, have the conversations that you need to have. And you can only have that information if you reach out to a lender. You've got you've got to do that. Totally. We, we are ultimately, Adam, I mean, whether we like it or not, an agent and, a, and lenders, not every one of them think of themselves this way. Ashley and I definitely do. We're financial, like we're, it's finances 101, right? We're definitely not a, fin- we don't pretend to be financial advisors, but I mean, ultimately real estate is a financial tool mm-hmm. um, and, and, and Ashley is helping them navigate those waters and as is a realtor. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Blake, before we before we get close to wrapping up here, um, how about a, a market update? Because we haven't had a chance to do that. Where, where does the market sit? And then actually curious to see your your opinion on on where things stand in early June of 23 here in the triad. Man, it's a it's still the exact same uh, for me in the last month. I'd say it's it's inventory is still really, really, really low. And the amount of buyers is decreasing. Um so, but, but yet there's still not enough homes for most of the buyers. So it's like buyer pool is, is thinning, hasn't changed a thing because there's still not enough inventory. And I don't see it changing for this conversation we're having. I mean, if a local move up and move down, chances of that happening are very low because they're not going to, unless they're feeling an extreme amount of pain, double or triple their interest rate. So, you know, there's going to be less coming on uh, because honestly, like, I mean, dude, Adam, your situation's a perfect example. Perfect example. You guys probably wouldn't mind, you know, getting moving on up. But with in, with interest rates and this, you know, it's just not the, the juice and the squeeze. Right. It's just. Yeah. Tough. So the bottom line is buyers should be you should know going into this summer market that. Um, you have a better chance of winning, but it's still competitive. I think I'm seeing the same thing. I, you know, I think we do a lot of pre-approvals and we have a lot of clients that are really interested. I think affordability is still a factor for a lot of people because once we start running the numbers and doing the math, we have an inventory issue with, you know, homes under 300 and then under 200. And that's, you know, that's a first time home buyers kind of sweet spot. Um, so I, I think that there's still some people out there that are sitting on the sidelines waiting for the interest rates to hit. And when that happens, we are still not going to have the inventory and we're going to have even more buyers trying to buy the exact same property. So I think, you know, get out there now, if you can make it work, get into the house and we'll worry about the payment down the road, right? We'll fix that interest rate. We'll get that payment more affordable, but at least you have the property. And you're not going to have to fight with a thousand other people over two houses, you know? 
Mm-hmm. Ash, and I'm going to say it real quick, Adam, because I know we've gone too long. If people have heard me say this before, but if they haven't listened, I'm just going to say it again. Our area is not a national like like we haven't overbuilt. Right. So you you when you listen to the national headlines of some cities having real estate falls like slips or, or some people are using worse words than slips, although I think that's probably incorrect. Bottom line is a softening, if you will. That's mostly in the areas that have been overbuilt, that are oversaturated. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Texas has a couple cities. Florida has a couple cities. California, Arizona, Arizona California. There's been over. It's been overbuilt. And and then what happens then is, you know, now you're going to have a softening because the inventory and what I just said, the softening of demands. Well, now the inventory does have time to catch up. No doubt we're going to go from for 400 houses in act in Forsyth County we need to get up to double that, right? We, we need to be eight, eight, nine hundred, even a thousand would be better. But for the record, we used to live at 2000 and more for homes in Forsyth County, and we have 430. So it's not enough. And so the bubble, nope, not locally, right? A softening, I, we all hope, frankly, but if you're waiting, you're gonna just keep being disappointed, I think is the point. I think so too. Yeah. And I think what you mentioned earlier, Ashley, in that it you're you're gonna be competing with more people the the longer you wait. Um yes. right now might be a good time because yes, don't don't worry about the interest rate. We we Ashley mentioned the very beginning of the episode, all the ways that you can you can buy it down at least temporarily just to make sure that you can get the house that that you want and that you can afford. Um this this may be a, a tough question to answer because you know people Google this question and and this might depend more on someone's situation. But what are what are the rules of thumb that people should think about in terms of what kind of house they can afford? I mean, typically you want to keep if you're looking at like your debt to income ratios. That's something that's a that's a key um, for us. So uh, what I say is you take the debts that are on your credit. You add your ideal budgeted monthly mortgage payment and you divide that number by your gross monthly pre-tax income. Hmm. If you do that, you really want to stay at 45% or under. Ideally, that would be, you know, that would be kind of the sweet spot. If you hit 50 to 55%, we have some options still. Um, so you're not necessarily out, but realistically, we really want to keep you at 45% with all of the debts that are on your credit. Yeah. And the important part there too is make sure that somebody has budgeted appropriately what type of monthly mortgage payment they can afford, right? Exactly. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, Blake, Ashley, uh, let's let's close out here with each of you reminding folks how they can find you. Ashley, we'll, we'll, we'll start with you. Thank you for on short notice joining us today. But um, Ashley's a wonderful supporter of our podcast, tremendous uh, local mortgage lending option for you. Um, so tell the folks how they can uh, find a way to speak to you. Yeah, absolutely. You can find me at Ashley at sharploans.com. You can reach out. Um, you can catch me on the phone, 336-575-9448, or check out my website at sharp with an E loans.com. All right, Blake. The Ginther Group.com, man. The Ginther Group.com. Um, and uh 336 283 All right. Two wonderful experts in their field 
combining for tremendous information today. Uh, thank you, both of you. This was this was great. Uh, we always learn a lot with with each of you separately together. It's just a, a, a mind blowing experience. So thank you. <laughs> Thanks for making it happen. <laughs> All right. See y'all. See you guys. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode on the Triad Podcast Network. Our mission is simple. Provide information, advice, and stories about the people and places that make the North Carolina Triad such a great place to be. You can find us by searching Triad Podcast Network on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, pretty much wherever you like to listen. If you like what you heard and want to support the show and those that contribute, we would truly appreciate a rating and review on your favorite podcast app. It helps spread the word along, as do your shares on social media. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at Triad Podcast. To get in touch with us, simply email info at triadpodcast.com. Thanks for listening. This is the Triad Podcast Network.